2: this is the busted open podcast you can listen to the full show monday through saturday from 9 a.m to noon eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 welcome to the busted
1: open podcast this is dave lagrecker on today's episode the innovator of violence the landlord of the house of hardcore tommy dreamer and our newest member that's right the bone breaker the heartbreaker the one and
2: only mickey james mickey welcome to the podcast oh thank you so much i'm excited to be here this is gonna be yeah, a great first day i uh, we're excited to have you
1: and to celebrate we talked to the hottest tag team in pro wrestling right now ftr and your ring of honor women's champion diana perrazzo right now on the busted open podcast ftr joins us right here on busted open gentlemen how are you this morning uh, I'd be a little bit better if I, um, uh, if I was picked first for you and Tommy's draft,
3: but you, uh, you guys decided to go with the young bucks and whoever else. And that's okay. So wow. I wish, I wish, uh, Mark Henry was on here.
1: Yes. Well, uh, well, you know what? You know what? Maybe I wish I was talking to Mark Henry right now, but no, seriously. I, and, and you know what? In my draft, I actually picked the Briscoes. So you probably have a lot of reasons to dislike me right now, but seriously, guys, um, F- the reason FTR Tommy and I didn't pick FTR is because somebody already picked FTR, so we couldn't pick you guys.
3: Who was the genius? Who did it? No, no, you guys picked first, and then Mark picked third.
1: No, That's I a- had the la- oh. I had the last pick. I had wow. the last pick. I had if the last pick in the draft. Tell. Tommy,
3: if you if you can't tell, I uh, I I hold. You he right.
1: listens to the
4: show. Well. <laughs> I think right now, though, you're the hottest tag team in all professional wrestling. I could you guys actually I mean, if you think about your journey being I always thought you guys were amazing heels. But being baby faces in the sense of fans frigging love you and you felt that love from the Philly crowd, which was awesome. And I say this with the uh, and I, I said it before and I'll say it to your face. It was as close as a perfect match I've ever seen. And I'd say I've seen about five total perfect matches, and it was as close as it could be. I love this. It was, I, I said, every young wrestler should watch that for your basics. Everything you did was brilliant. And I loved, loved, loved the match. And I knew how much the Philly crowd bit into it. Even for you guys walking out at the same time, everything was done. It, it was great. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say the better man won, but. Once, <laughs> One person, one person <laughs> went over, the other person got over, and that's how a, a wrestling match should be. Dude, thank you,
3: Tommy. Yeah, um, thank you. Without trying to get too inside, uh, because I do take pride in like a little bit of kayfabe and stuff, yep. but uh, we we put that match together, and the thought process going into it was, um, was how can we make people, and this is for all of our matches, but how can we make people feel a certain way? Um, I think sometimes a lot of the guys today, uh, get wrapped up in, in uh, work, uh, structuring their matches around what moves can we do. And um, yeah, I told it to Dan like, or Cash, we had a three-structure, uh, three three-act part of the match. The first was the, the wrestling, who was the better wrestler. No one came on top. We had the accidental uh, poke to the eye, which led to the physicality, which it was act two was the physicality. And then act three was two guys trying to win this prestigious cup. Um, and the conclusion came and uh, I just happened to pull it out of nowhere. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to show the guys that, man, uh, just 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 selling and allowing things to breathe and making people feel a certain way. That's the beauty of professional wrestling. So I appreciate
0: yeah. it. Yeah, that, that's a huge compliment because we take a lot of pride in what we do, obviously. And like sometimes we, we might take too much pride in that and it gets us a little bit of hot water here and there. But like you said, when we, when we were thinking about this match, there was never a point in time where we just thought about we gotta hit all these cool moves. And if you watch it back, the only move I really ever hit is a pile driver. The only move he, he ever really hits is the rebound power bomb. So we're not out there just spamming moves. We're not out there just spamming, getting the cheap reaction, which I think a lot of times moves can, they're cool, but they're they're cheap sometimes because anybody can learn those. You can't learn how to make somebody emotionally invest. And we wanted like we had a special story to tell here that we could tell if we did it right. And it's the first time we've ever wrestled each other. We've done all these things as a tag team. We've we've I mean, we call ourselves six star FTR for all the titles we've won and all the history we've made. So like, and how do we do this into a singles match? And it took a lot of pride like in the fact that when it's said and done, we didn't go out there and do anything crazy we didn't go out there and throw away years of friendship and history we didn't throw a punch not one punch was thrown which i think is hard to see nowadays and i was just very proud of the, the wrestling like you said it was just fundamental wrestling
4: the um the one thing that you had said to i felt the match made the tournament even more special and important that two men wanted that were tag team wanted to face each other as well as i counted five throwbacks to brett and owen which uh, I know were a big influence, like they should be on most wrestlers, but uh, I counted five throwbacks to them and uh, I loved it, but also I'm a crazy wrestling fan, just like you guys. So uh, I appreciated all of it. Cause it was so good. Even like the ultimate ch- the in the beginning, the chain with the arm back and forth. And, and I felt like I was watching, uh, you know, a great tribute to Owen Hart as well.
0: Thank you. Yeah. That's one thing we wanted to do also was to not overdo it. So like, if you, if you look, back at it, like the only two things we really did was I teased the uh, the foot scrape, like Owen did to Brett. And that was directly an homage to that match. And then the uh, victory roll reversal, where he almost won it. Every, everything after that, you know, like there's the, he missed the diving head but he took the sternum buckle, but we didn't want to spam it again with like taking stuff from them. But we did want to pay respects to the fact that it's the Owen Hart tournament. And we, we took a lot of pride in that.
2: That's incredible. I could, if you would have gifted me over here, I'm over here going like, preach, you know, because I say that so much, and I, I love you guys so much because I think that you're, I'm old school too, or at least that's why I was kind of, you know, trained and kind of brought in. So I'm always like, moves don't make money, like they're cheap, like you said, like it's cool, but people don't remember that. They remember feelings. They remember emotions. Everybody that
0: goes to training school learns a move at some point, and they don't. Right. They, I mean, they they get over ever it's
2: why are you doing the move why right, right. the wise and um but yeah i love that i love you guys for that i was you. like over here i was going mm, i'm sure the whole <laughs> time i'm just sitting here going Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: Well, we love you dude
2: ah uh, how you guys doing family's good life's good oh, killing it
0: cannot complain yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. i was Life- saying i was saying earlier like when i first came back i would remembered what i distinctly remember is you guys and sasha and bailey and they would always pick you guys brain for like tag team wrestling and all that stuff and well, I that just, yeah yeah
3: we would we would sit with them for you know an hour or two before the the show even started and just watch wrestling and right I mean, besides being with my wife and daughter that's my favorite thing to do is just sit down and watch wrestling so oh, it was, right it was very easy for me but they were appreciative of that and i was appreciative to be able to hang out with them
2: yeah well just watching that as a spectator and like coming back i was like oh that's really cool because you could see the genuine like bond over this and they sure. were really trying to be for the women like this big tag team bond and do it right uh and right. throw back to old school and psychology so i thought that was special I,
0: I enjoy doing that part of it too because sometimes like it helps me like have a realization as to why i do something because a lot of stuff i don't really put a lot of thought process behind sometimes like it's just second nature mm-hmm. so like explain it to somebody else i have to really break it down i'm like oh yeah that i mean that is why I do it, but I've never actually verbalized it to myself. I just, right. I know like, okay, when I get positioned, position, I need to do this. And here, when I'm trying to actually explain it to somebody else, it actually helps me, like I said, have that realization where I can verbalize it and then I can process it later myself.
2: Right, right. Did you guys,
4: I mean, if you really think about like the, the grand scope of your lives, especially as a tag team, I mean, in WWE, tag team wrestling is secondary. You know, there you, you can't reach the level of a top guy in a tag team. But, like, when I say how popular, like, do you guys sit back and be like, like, you guys are living the babyface life. And it's like, wow, because you're such great heels. But I don't know if it, like, it just happened because of how much the fans appreciate your hard work. And, like, when you guys bet on yourselves, left WWE, you come to AEW. I mean, like, main eventing shows and doing, and having, like, the best possible matches. I know... In your brain, yes, that's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, it's happening. And you're you're in that moment. And I remember <laughs> when I guess I kind of was between 26 and 28. I didn't appreciate ECW or what's happening. But I'm just trying to tell you from a, a, a spectator view, like you're so in that moment. And it, like, it's such an amazing thing to watch you guys succeed and just living your best life right now living the babyface life mickey yes. james and i've been living that for a long time oh,
3: well. i mean i mean ultimately dude like uh we've said it a million times we love, love professional wrestling. Absolutely. Like it's, to me, it's an entity. Um, and I don't mean to get religious, but I got God, I got my wife and daughter and I've got professional wrestling and and that's my love and my passion. So we never had any ill feelings towards WWE. We just knew that wrestling has done so much for us as human beings. We wanted to do just a little bit for it too. And, uh, we were never going to be, not just us, but but, but as a tag team, we were never going to be able to do it there. Um, just because the, the focus wasn't there for tag team wrestling. Um, even if we didn't get a spot in AEW, we wanted to to make our name, uh, but also help to make tag team wrestling again. Um, and as far as the the babyface thing, yet yeah, it, it's cool because the fans, they did respect us so much. And he and I had a talk about this a few months ago. And it was almost like when we would come out and have our matches, the people were so respectful that we were the heels and they, you Know it, it, uh, one one side, they were like, Well, we have to boo them, but on the other side, it was like, But we don't want to because we respect them so much. So, I was talking to Cash and I was like, Hey, man, let's just invite them in and let them come into us and, and, and jump on this ride with us. And once we opened up and let them in, they were like, Yes, this is what we've wanted to do. Not because we're the, the greatest uh, looking babe, he is not me, but the greatest looking babe faces in the world. They just had this this respect for us. And I think it's because the love of wrestling just shines through and we allowed them to come in and, you know, they, they just, uh, they just accepted us, man. And this is, it's been pretty cool. And it feels really, really good. Yeah. I don't know
0: if I ever really saw it coming to where it is right now, but like we knew that we just wanted to go out and have fun wrestling again. Like you can lose track of that so easily when you get to a certain point and like, you just, it becomes a, it becomes a job and it becomes like something you're not looking forward to all the time. We, we, we decided we, a, a while ago, okay, we would, let's just have fun. Let's do the things that we want to do. Let's have fun. Like, like you said, if there wasn't a spot in AEW for us, we knew we still just wanted to go. I don't care if I wrestle in front of a, like a high school gymnasium. I don't care if I wrestle in front of a sold out 20,000 Arthur Ashe. Like it's awesome, but I just want to wrestle and have fun. And I want the fans that are there to have fun with us. And I think the people that were paying attention started having fun with us because they realized that we weren't miserable. We, and we like to blur the lines a lot, like on on social media now, because everything can be so transparent. Mm. We, we take a lot of pride in being able to make people not like us, whether it's in the ring or in real life, like that said, when they started like trying, they started respecting us. So it's like, okay, let's not shut it out. Let's invite it in and see what happens. But, I think people just having fun with us, like you said, Tom, like we're living our best lives, and people started just getting on that ride with us.
2: Yeah.
1: it's uh, incredible. I, I, I know for me, and I mentioned this to Tony Khan when we had him on last week, the world of pro wrestling moves so fast. You, you have one show, and then the next night there's another show, and you really don't have time to digest it or really look at a match the way that we used to back when I know when I was a kid growing up, I'd watch a match a half a dozen or more times. I did that with your match last week. Like, and I, and I mentioned it on this show. I went back, I watched it again and again. And, and I really don't do that anymore. I think we kind of lose focus of being a fans and really enjoying the art that is pro wrestling. So thank you for that match that you guys had last week.
0: And thank you guys. Honestly, that's,
3: I appreciate that, Dave that's kind of what we
1: wanted to do, man. We want from the,
3: from the, from the very first, uh, you know, I'll give you another, like I said, I hate going to inside, but we talked before and I said, look, uh, let's don't shake hands and, uh, immediately because if we can take one thing, the fans are going to expect without us even touching, if we can take that away from them, then th- that, that puts the doubt in their mind. Like, Oh man, this, this is not exactly what we're getting. So for example, like the shaking the hand thing, we didn't want to shake hands or hug. Sorry about that. We don't want to shake hands or hug right before the match because fans are expecting that. So we took it away uh, and we wanted to make the lockup mean something. And then we wanted to make a wrist lock or a headlock mean something. Um, because ultimately, dude, when you get down to it, that's uh, that that's the, the, the fundamentals of professional wrestling. And that's what draws them in because if they can get lost for just one second. They can get lost and say, oh, my God, that headlock, like it kind of hurt. Oh, shit, it's, it's, it's fake. Oh, well, whatever. But if we can make them get lost for one second in our match, man, that, there's nothing better than that to me. So thank yeah.
2: you. I love it. Right. Yeah, I love your passion as you're talking about it, too, because I feel it so much. I will say, too, I think it's a, to throw back what you were saying before, Tommy, is like, oh, well, tag team wrestling is doesn't get over in WWE as much, or they haven't really... Because it's more of a, like an alliance where you guys are like a true tag team yes. and you've like, like cultivated that art of tag team wrestling, which is a whole different way to tell that story uh, anyway. And I think there's not a lot, I mean, there's a handful, but there's not a lot of true tag teams that understand that you know, dynamic and that capacity, you know, that thing of like how those matches are built to make people care about them the same way singles matches. But um, I think there's a lot of like to bring back that respect on tag team wrestling because some of my favorite was, I mean, Rock and Roll Express was my favorite. I loved those guys. Like they were incredible. And um, I just felt like you said selling, like I could watch Ricky Morton sell all day, you know?
0: It's a crime that he's not teaching this generation like for a national company somewhere. Yeah. How to how to sell not just tag teams but just all wrestlers should learn how to sell from Ricky.
2: Well, and y'all's match was
3: incredible. Thank you. And Mickey yeah. going off said about the, the the tag team thing and restructuring or or like reeducating what the 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 psychology of tag team wrestling is. We had a, we had a match just recently with a, a great tag team and <clears throat> before we went out they said, "Hey, you guys don't, do you have enough double teams up front we might need to put some more and and i stopped and i said no man we don't we don't need double teams we need sympathy that's what we need and i said so let's let's get the heat on tv you know what i mean like that's the art of tag team wrestling is, is is when you make people feel because you your best friend is waiting for that tag it's just like if you're in a you're in a bar fight and your best friend is getting the crap beat out of them and then you know out of the bathroom comes his best friend. He's like, Oh shit, you're messing my boy up. And right. then, then you just kick ass. Yeah. And, and that's what we, that's, that's what I think is missing from tag wrestling. Um, What makes you a great tag team is not a million double teams. Um, the, 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 the continuity up front is cool, but that's simple. Like taking the wrist and tagging out and taking the wrist and tagging out like mm-hmm. continuity. And then the, 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 sympathy for that baby face team. That's what okay. tag team. And being unselfish too. I think yeah. so many tag teams
0: now, like not even like against the other team, but amongst themselves. Like, how are we going to divide this time up? I got to get my moves in. He's got to get his moves in. How can we get all this in? Right. But you know, we, we have an eight minute match, but instead of it being eight minute singles, it's an eight minute tags. So now we got to get the same amount of stuff in. Right. And people like people use like that I'm, mentality. And right. It's, don't. I don't like, know don't. where
2: that started and how that kind of mentality started, but that is, like you said, because everybody wants to make sure they get their spot in, or that piece look at a guy like Darby.
0: Darby's one of the like most popular new guys like that's come out in the past couple of years, and he's a huge like star for the company. And he does some cool stuff, but more than half the time, he's getting the shit kicked out of him, crap kicked out of him. I don't know if I'm
2: glad to say that. Like mm-hmm. he sells. <laughs> you can't say kicked on here. <laughs>
1: oh, <sorry. laughs> no, all you have to do is, and I, I always say to our fans go to YouTube, watch the Midnight Express against the Rock and Roll Express when Ricky Morton's trying to make that tag to Robert Gibson. Like that, I mean, that's where you see every fan that's in that arena on their feet begging for Morton and Gibson to slap hands. And, and that's yeah. all you really need to know.
3: Yep, this is the drama
0: right here. <laughs> drama. And when Ricky does, or when Robert does come in, he doesn't start hitting all kinds of fans. He starts throwing hands. He starts making right. yep. crap out of people for a little bit. And then you can get to the fireworks. You can get right. to the bigger stuff. But when you first, like Dax was saying, when you first come in and your partner, your best friend's been getting beat up on, kick some bucked. You know,
3: if, if for us, for example, if, if Cash is getting the crap beat out of them for five minutes and then I finally get that tag, why am I going to come off the top and jump and roll and duck under you and slide and then hit you with a beautiful move? I'm going to come in uh, and I'm going to rock you as hard as I can because that's what you did to my friend. And I'm going right. to give you back. Right,
4: I I agree with all of this conversation. This is uh, I love it. And, and Mickey, when I was talking about like with WWE, if you think about f- the heyday of tag team wrestling, mm-hmm. you know the Brainbusters, the Rockers, Hard Foundation, they were never in the main events on a WrestleMania or the big shows. Right. <clears throat> they have you know WWE the Usos, uh, New Day, RKO, yeah. some great tag teams. But even during Edge right. and Christian, the the Dudleys. The Hardys, they were they weren't the main event. TLC wasn't the main event of WrestleMania, yeah. And it just shows how much wrestling fans love great wrestling tag teams because we're we're living in the FTR era right now, yeah. And uh, it, it's just, I do, I love it, and I've always loved tag teams. I mean, the biggest tag team from WWE, like to main event, would be like you said, the Mega Powers, but they were two separate entities, and you the whole time knew. They were, we're going to break up.
3: Yeah, right. The best part
4: four. about you guys too, in, in that one match, the commentators were so on, and yes. even like Dave and I were like talking. We may have been trying to start a rumor that you guys were going to split up. Just that's a whole. Other story. <laughs> but there was a person that wrote a sign. That's why you that, guys
0: didn't draft us. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that said, please don't break up and that like when even the thumb in the eye and the push you heard the crowd okay. and, and like you said they go they gasped yeah, and when yeah. you can make it, like they're like please god please please don't break up like we really like you guys please don't break up and then you know you know you got them so it was yeah. you know, great and,
3: storytelling thank you and then tommy that thumb to the eye you know my thought process was we've always especially as guys We've always we we we've all been there where we're playing basketball or like or and things get a little too physical and and you accidentally foul your friend and your friend's like hey well that was you know relax and then that friend returns the favor but it's a little bit harder and it's like oh what what's going on here and then a shove happens you know or or you're you're slap fighting your friend and you hit him a little too hard Mm -hmm. you know he you guys get in a fight and then afterwards you're like I'm so sorry that was stupid that was the thought going into it like I wanted to think of something that was that any brother or any best friend has, has ever had where something accidentally happens in the heat of the moment, then, then maybe my friend gets a little upset about it. And then it transitions into physicality. Um, you know, and then when we, you know, we transition from the physicality to going back to the contest, trying to win. Um, but yeah, man, just like you said, it was, it's just, what can we do that everyone can resonate or, or can feel and they've been there before and that was the thought process with the finger to the eye and,
0: and because okay. we've
3: built this team up
0: like we have we did not want to do like a a bunch of teases they maybe they will maybe they won't like i don't that doesn't interest me for us the emphasis was straight up sportsmanship match to honor owen in this tournament because it's something that we've always just talked about doing because we thought we'd have a fun match together, like if that's what we want to do. But when it became something like this, where you can also pay tribute, it's like okay, now it means even more to us. So we wanted to do something where we could have this match and we could be physical and we could tell that story. But we did not want to tease any sort of breakup or like weeks of it too, like where there's animosity building. Like it's just it's one night, bell to bell, right. or opponents. Like we even made the entrance together because until the bell rings, we're a team.
1: Amazing. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll be watching AEW Dynamite tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on TBS. And as Tommy said, you guys are so hot right now. Thank you for all you do for the art of pro wrestling and for tag team wrestling. And thanks again for the time today.
3: Hear what's happening around the globe on World of Basketball.
1: Kyle
2: Montgomery,
3: who is the voice of 3X3. You know, it's ingrained in kind of inner city hoops. Uh, If if you don't have enough to run that full court, then you line up three on three and you go. You got a lot more space. You know, when you're playing in the streets, ISO game is priority. New episodes of World of Basketball, hosted by Fran Fraschilla, are released Thursdays on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. AEW Dynamite, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on TBS. Mercedes Martinez going up against our next guest. Deanna Perrazzo Deanna good morning to you and thank you so much for coming on on such a big night
6: yeah thanks for having me I'm I'm always going to be on here whenever you guys ask me to so no problem
1: so how do you feel like like uh, on a big night like this it's the morning of it's it's game day so you know what's going on through your head just hours from being in the ring with Mercedes Martinez tonight
6: yeah, no. I mean, I've kind of been like a little jittery all week. I feel like I do like always get butterflies, and I don't particularly sleep well, um, before big things like this, whether it's you know our impact pay-per-views or tonight on Dynamite. So, um, I, I'm a little anxious. Just I want to get the day started, and I want to get there, and and um, you know, I'm, I'm walking into like new territory. I don't know a lot of these people at AEW, or I haven't seen them in years. So it's it's just gonna be like getting back in my groove in this new place with some new and familiar people, but I'm, I'm like a newbie here. So it's, it's always a little like, Ooh, I'm in someone else's territory.
4: Just make a lot of yeah. demands when you first get there. <laughs> I
6: think
2: so.
4: It'll work out the best. Hey, yes. I don't even work here.
2: I need my, There's my locker, locker room. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yes. Where's my sign. I'm the champion. That'll work out for you. Hey, Mickey, let me ask you something. Do you get still nervous uh, before a big match? Yes.
2: I don't know if I'd call it nervous as much as it is um, anxious in the sense of like excitement, you know, unless it's I only get nervous if it's something that's like kind of terrifying that I'm going to do or different like, uh, but I do get excited and and genuinely like excited and anxious for the match.
4: I mean, that's great to hear because I don't and like I look at the both of you and I'd be like, you're both so much better than me. And like, why would you ever get so anxious because you're both so great or Deanna? I mean, you know how great I feel you are and I watch you and and I, I watch you literally every week. And it's like, I don't know. I know it's not a confidence thing, but I just, it's weird to me because (laughs) it's been so long since I felt that way. Like I've, the last time it happened was when I debuted in Impact for the same reason. It was different. And I knew I was working with AJ Styles and I was just, it's different. But in the ring, I mean, you've already faced Mercedes Martinez. You've already beat her. She tapped. Yeah,
6: she yes, did. She, tap. did.
2: <clears throat> she tapped hard.
6: I you mean, saw it firsthand.
2: I did. I was out there and I saw the whole thing. Um, <laughs> you, you I don't know, know I, what it is yeah and well I'm also I go like I can't wait for you to represent impact and the champion that you have been this whole time um since then or champ champ except for now you're not the champ champ anymore you're only champ right I'm not rubbing salt in the wound I'm not (laughs) I promise but I do think that you and I've said this and I will always say this that you you are one of the best performers i've ever been in the ring with so i hope that you walk into that locker room with the confidence um that i know that you already have i mean i but also knowing that is just going to shine through and just kind of continue to prove while we have at impact perhaps the greatest locker room with the best talent in the whole world that's all
6: thank you yeah i i thank you so much i'm i'm excited to do that because i feel like um, impact ha- ha- like doesn't get the credit it deserves and doesn't get the recognition it deserves, so I think that that's part of it too is like I'm carrying our company into this yeah. place and and trying to like put our best foot forward, my best foot forward personally, but then ours collectively. so I think there's like pressure on so many different levels um and and like luckily, I thrive in pressure, so that's like a good thing for me, but yeah, it's just like um it's it's everything and it's just exciting,
1: yeah. I'm excited for you. You know, Deanna and and, and Mickey, three months ago, that forbidden door, you walked through it in the world of the WWE, and now Deanna, you're walking through that forbidden door to go with AEW tonight. And I I think more than any other wrestler, Deanna, you have used that forbidden door because you think about what you've done and accomplished over just the last few months in multiple organizations. you got to be very proud of that.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I tweeted last night, like in the last two years that I've been with Impact. um, I've been in three different companies and I've been a four-time world champion. So it's crazy to think that like, someone could accomplish that in such a short amount of time Um, and it's just like a testament to you know the work I was always willing to put in and then a testament to the the impact saw it in me and just gave me the platform to do it when no one else would so um, like I said it's just like a culmination of all these like emotions and feelings and being grateful and and being confident and, and having to having to like put on a big girl face and pull up my big girl panties and just get it done tonight and keep my keep my championship.
2: If you
4: think about your schedule, so Saturday, you were in Mexico at the biggest show. Uh, yeah. Today, you're on Dynamite, and Saturday or Sunday, you'll be uh, an impact on a pay-per-view as well. Yeah. That's some big game <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> That's big baller
2: right there.
6: I, I counted last night when I was talking to Steve and like... So yeah, tonight's Dynamite, Saturday and Sunday, we have our Impact pay-per-view and TV tapings. Um, Get home Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, I have a whole media tour in Orlando with Impact. Then Saturday and Sunday, we have Impact tapings. So like in the last month I've been home, I'll be home three or four full days and it's like it's great. Cause we're back in the swing of things. And this is, you know, what we've wanted um, while we were at home and had no fans and we wanted to be back to normal. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, I need, a, I need a full night's sleep. Everybody <laughs> like I want right. to be home with my dogs, um, yeah. but it's amazing.
2: Yeah. And you have to say like, uh, we all pray for that moment and we pray for the championship and to, and for them to put the rocket on us. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that it is a lot of a heavy burden that comes with it because that means that you're on all the media tours that you're representing the company at all times and you have to be on at all times and they need you. So some, when you're not like, and you don't have that push, perhaps you're only going to the shows and you're doing your thing. But when you do have that, you have to be prepared that you just doubled your workload all the time and you have to be on all the time. But I think you've done a great job. Thank you. Uh, you can delete this from the show, <laughs> that David, where I talk great about her. And- it, we're live, so oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're live. We, pal. It, 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 it ain't going
1: yeah. anywhere. And and Deanna, you mentioned the the pandemic and how so many hours and days you were at home, and and Mickey, you know, wrestling in front of no crowds, and now you're back out there again, busy as ever. That that time during the pandemic. A lot of people were lost, and a lot of people were trying to find their way. Deanna, you actually thrived at a very, very difficult time. Like, you you took it to a completely next level during an extremely tough time.
6: Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny, I was talking a bit about this um, last night and about, you know, the new round of releases and how, um, you know, not to compare because everyone's situation is different. But that first round that I was in where it was the pandemic and there wasn't independent wrestling happening and there wasn't, um, you know, companies necessarily hiring a lot of people and it was just very um, like a weird period for everybody. Um, you know, I really was able to to thrive in Impact and really um, not need the independent bookings and not do the signings because Impact has has figured out a way to just like showcase everybody and use social media um, to our advantage and do something like Wrestle House where more people were being showcased in different ways. Um, and I got to benefit from that, but then, you know, on the flip side, it's like, now these people have the independent shows, have the conventions, have, you know, companies consistently hiring people and there's ebbs and flows of people in and out of companies without contracts. Like, I think all these people are in an amazing position, um, that wasn't necessarily there two years ago.
4: Yeah. If you think about your journey, um, and it is all about the journey to legit this moment, it. It is about loss. You know, you lost a job, WWE made you a better performer when you were training NXT. They did not see what somebody else saw in you. I've been on this same call with you crying as well as with Mickey James because it's devastating. But then if you think about it, the true champions gather their stuff up and out of loss, they continue to strive. And then you come into impact. you win the world title. Not only are you doing that, you lose to Mickey James, then you win two more w- world titles. And those are the great ones where even though you've lost, you've actually succeeded, and you learn from those losses, and if you really think about it, you can you got fired during a pandemic, did not think you'd have a job, and you strived almost more than anybody. so what could ever knock you down? Nothing. And that's a testament to how good you are.
2: Wow. Yeah. Thank you. I think you so too that you also opened up the door for a lot of people um, and women specifically and from NXT, because, uh, you know, even when I was in developmental before, I just remember seeing these people and I would think like, Oh God, like we've lost our dream or whenever we've lost our jobs for we've lost this dream job or whatever. But I think that reset moment uh, you have a real decision to make, but I think that a lot of the uh, the talent saw that you were able to cross over from NXT and then go to this and almost uh, you know do more and thrive more and that belief in yourself shine through on television because you were saying this and you believed it to be true then and to see someone else just like you just can't let somebody else's you know perception of you or like their what their. Um, idea of you has become your reality right when you know how good you are and you, the fact that you've been able to take that to impact and everywhere that you've gone and kind of prove that every single time is amazing and I love to see it
6: thank you I yeah. think like dreams change I think as we you know like get older and experience more things like my dream was to always wrestle at Wrestlemania and be at the time the divas champion like that that's all I knew in wrestling growing up so that was my ultimate goal and then you know, I I got there and it was like, I I don't like anything about the system. Like, it's just not a conducive environment for me. And my dream changed. And it was like, now I just want to go somewhere that's going to appreciate me for me and you know give me an opportunity to wrestle and see what happens and that's exactly what i got and you know yeah. now even still like evolving and, and going from being the knockouts champion to representing ring of honor and triple a and getting to do triple mania like my dreams change and i think that that's just like part of part of life and part of loss is is right um being able to take it with stride and being like okay well screw you look what i'm gonna do over here and making right. it work and i think like that's as wrestlers, we all have that in us. We just need, uh, you know, people around us and that within ourselves to believe it it, it can be true.
2: Yeah. And that transcends wrestling. I think that anyone can take that advice because I think that through that loss, like a a real amount of growth on a real level of like what you said, shifting your dreams or, or realizing that that dream that you thought was it was actually is not the real true happiness for you as a person, you know? So yeah, that's, yeah.
1: And, and Dion, I'm happy for you because I'm sure, and, and and it's a healthy way of thinking of things, right? Because I'm sure there was probably a little bit of anger and bitterness when you were let go by the WWE. But probably now you look back at it and it was like, it was the best thing to happen for me. And there is no more anger and bitterness. It's like happiness because you weren't happy and now you are. So it, it's just a healthy way of thinking of things.
6: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think like more so... I was so bitter and angry while I was there. And it was like bleeding into my real life and and like just doing stupid things and and like um, not treating people great. And like my whole life was just changed and who I was changed because I was so angry and so upset and so unsatisfied with my professional life that um, the minute I was released, it was like, ah, okay. You know, like I could see the light at the end of the tunnel then. And I never had to go back to the PC and like, you know, I was just, it was exactly what I needed. Um, And I think I'm a real believer that everything happens for a reason. And I think that, you know, what you need is going to be given to you. So um, that's exactly what I needed. And I think, you know, if you could look back, it's it's almost been two years since I started with Impact. I've had the best two years of my entire life.
4: I watch you become the virtuosa, but because you're telling me you're nervous in the back that's why I have or you're nervous the night before that's why I can't picture it so I'm just trying to mm-hmm. picture yeah. it or let our listeners get into it
6: I think that um I spend so much time prior to these big matches like putting together a look and I get such a distinct vision of what I want the virtuosa to look like in that moment when you see her for the first time stage and uh and that's why i think you know pay-per-view gear or special gear is so important because it tells part of that story for me Mm -hmm. um and i think for anyone honestly but uh i spend months planning like this is what i want her to look like and this is the jacket and this is what the gear is going to look like and and this is what i want my hair to look like and and my nails are important and all of those things like those little details i think because the virtuosa is not such an over the top charismatic character, she's very nuanced and she's very calm and collective and she needs grander things um, to make her stand out. So I think that I do the same thing in terms of, let me find a corner and do a little prayer and say what I have to say to myself. And and then um, as soon as my music hits, that's part of it too. It's like that music and the jacket and the way I feel about myself all comes together in those final moments. And then when I walk through the curtain, it's like, she's here bitches um and that's my favorite part of the
1: whole night Deanna, yeah. thank you so much for the time again we'll be watching tonight you and mercedes martinez aew dynamite 8 p.m eastern time on tbs don diana as always thank you so much for the time and good luck tonight
6: thank you so much guys
1: feel it busted open is part of the sirius xm sports podcast network the producer is gabby laspisa the associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Mary Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas.